재미와 지식의 오디오라이프 팝빵 Every Sunday, we start the show with Helen Cho's hot new releases. Helen is a freelance translator, interpreter, and book news reporter for The Bookend. Hi, Helen. Hello. How are you this morning? Good. How are you? I'm very good, thank you. Happy Sunday morning, as always. Yes, yes. It's a great Sunday morning. So what news do you want to start off with today? Well, I'm sure our listeners will be just as delighted as I am that the story of Hong Gil-dong is now available in English translation. Oh, that's exciting. Yes, very exciting indeed. Mm -hmm. So there is a new definitive translation. Definitive. Yes, (laughs) of the legendary, um, ever-popular Korean classic, um, Mr. Hong Gil-dong. He is also known as the Robin Hood of Korea. Mm -hmm. So he basically goes from being this poor boy in unfortunate circumstances to becoming um, nothing less than a king himself. Himself. Mm. And this story, the story of Hong Gil-dong, is arguably the single most important work of classic Korean fiction. And this new translation that's available, that's just come out um, in, in English translation, mm-hmm. um, introduces a classic Korean adventure hero to English-speaking readers. Mm. Can you tell us more about the influence of Hong Gil-dong in Korea and what it's about? So the story of Hong Gil-dong continues to have such a lasting legacy in Korean culture today. It has been adapted into countless films, television shows, novels, and even comics in Korea. Mm-hmm. I was definitely introduced to Hong Gil-dong through a comic book. <laughs> yeah, same here, I think. Uh-huh. So it's a good chance for English-speaking readers to have access to the earliest and fullest text of this incredible fable. Mm-hmm. So Hong Gil-dong, the story goes, um, Hong Gil-dong um, was born an illegitimate son of a noble government minister, um, but then he cannot advance his society due to his second-class status. And there's a really famous saying actually that describes situation uh-huh. um, and it goes I, why can I why can I not call my father father and my brother brother oh yeah the uh, ho ho yes, and yes there yes. is a line that I think every um, Korean should know or uh-huh. knows already uh-huh. so he goes off on his own he leaves home and he becomes the leader of a band of outlaws mm. and he wants to build his own empire mm-hmm. so that he can gain acceptance from his family so he um, goes on to um, defeat assassins he battles monsters and he conquers kingdoms. Oh, that sounds very exciting. Tell us about the translator. Um, translator Professor Min Su Kang um, teaches European history at University of Missouri St. Louis. He is the author of the book Sublime Dreams of Living Machines the Automation in the European Imagination. Mm-hmm. He's also written a short story collection himself. It's called Of Tales and Enigmas. Oh, so he's a scholar and a writer. Mm-hmm. And his translation of the story of Hong Gil-dong has been described as expressive and lively so it works really well to introduce this um, pre-modern tale to English-speaking readers Mm -hmm. and and it shares a beloved hallmark of Korean culture. Mm. And how have critics responded to the translation? Um, It's got some really good reviews Um, I have this quote from the Washington Post and it says a marble-filled swashbuckler the story of... Swashbuckler (laughs) (laughs) Interesting word choice Um, It continues, the story of Hong Yu-dong begins to um, resemble a sword and sorcery fantasy in the mode of the film Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon. Besides being half fairy tale, half social protest novel, the story of Hong Gil-dong possesses a profound resonance for modern Koreans. Mm. And I cannot agree more. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the Crouching Tiger and Hidden Dragon part. Yeah. <laughs> mm. It puts the whole oriental mystique right, in the air. Right, right, right.
morning. And I have another one from NPR, and it says, um, Hong Gil-dong is an iconic figure in the Korean literary canon. He is the mythic centre of a sometimes delightful, sometimes unsettling tale, and it's time the Western world gets to know him. The edition Kang has delivered is a chewy one. Chewy. Combining historical context and the artness of myth with wry personality. Mm-hmm. I think it's great that this translation of Hong Gil-dong was able to catch the attention of NPR. Mm-hmm. Yes, that mm-hmm. is something very impressive. Mm-hmm. And I hope English-speaking readers everywhere get to enjoy the story of a classic Korean hero. But now, let's turn our attention to our Korean readers. Mm -hmm. What news do you have from the domestic publishing industry? I have some interesting statistics to share with our listeners today. Mm -hmm. Um, The book retailer Kyobo Books uh, recently conducted a survey under the title Our Favourite Authors, 우리가 사랑한 소설가들. Our beloved writers. We love them. (laughs) 사�angan yes. Uh-huh. Um, the authors that we loved. Um, they wanted to find out just which authors have been popular with Korean readers over the past 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've got the chart right here. And I'm not surprised to see that topping the chart is the uh, Mr. Bernard, Bernard Werber. Um, from France, mm-hmm. and I'm so used to saying his name um, the Korean way, actually. Which is, yes. yes, sounds a lot cuter. <laughs> sounds yes. a lot more endearing. Uh-huh. And he's a lot the, of pairs in it. Yes, yeah. um, he's right at the top of the chart, and he's followed by two authors from Japan, mm-hmm. um, Haruki Murakami and Keigo Higashino. Mm-hmm. And at number four, we have another writer from France, um, Guillaume Musso. And mm. then the next three places are taken by Korean authors. Finally, um, Shin Kyung Soo, Kim Jin Young, and Kong. Ji Young take mm-hmm. the places five, six, and seven respectively. Mm-hmm. Um, so Shin Kyung Sung apparently is the most popular Korean author mm-hmm. of the past ten years. Mm-hmm. And then we have another Korean author in top 10, and there's Cho jong Ne at number 9. Mm-hmm. And we have one author from Brazil, Paulo Coelho, at number 8. And of course, the chart wouldn't be complete without the creator of the magical realm of Harry Potter. <laughs> <laughs> and that would be J.K. Rowling from the uh-huh. UK at number 10. Mm-hmm. Have you read all 10 of them in the last 10 years, Helen You Cho? know what? I have read them all but one. I'm not mm-hmm. going to say which one okay. he is. Oh, yes. Actually, that's a bit of a giveaway. Uh, it's a he. Okay. But there we go. <laughs> I'm not going to say any further. Yeah. Okay. I think I've read maybe four. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, well. So Kyobo went further back with their stats. 35 years of bestsellers. Can you tell us about that list? Yes. Um, in addition to the list that I've just shared, um, Kyobo Books analyzed the top 20 annual bestsellers for the past 35 years. So ever since they started their business in 1981, mm-hmm. they wanted to find out which also has had the highest number of bestsellers. Mm. So right, um, the most popular author or the author with um, the most the highest number of bestsellers is Mr. Lee Moon Yeol from mm-hmm. Korea. Yeah. Um, he has a total of 13 titles appearing on the annual list of bestsellers th- um, 23 times, wow. including titles like Son of Man, mm-hmm. Sanami Adil, mm-hmm. or A Portrait of My Youth, Tolmun Nare Chosang. And who took second place? The runner-up is Haruki Murakami, um, with seven titles, including 1Q84 and Norwegian Wood, or Sangshire Shide, that made onto the charts 21 times. Mm-hmm. And the third place goes to Paolo Coelho um, from Brazil, eight titles, 16 times. And our most beloved author in Korea, mm-hmm. Bernard Werber, um, has eight of his titles on the chart 13 times. Mm. I too was a fan of uh, Le Fourmi, or, or the 
Ant when when I was in my teens, and I I loved his name. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've only read them in Korean translation. I've just realised. I wonder what it. I don't know. His writing reads ah. like in English translation, or uh-huh. I don't know. I can only read it in yeah, English. Yeah, I read translation. it in Korean. Yeah, too. Right, right. Any other Korean writers on that list? So other Korean authors apart from Lee Moon Young on the list include Shin Kyung Suk, Kim Jim Young and Kong Ji Young. So mm-hmm. the popular writers of the past 10 years also appear on the other chart. Mm-hmm. And um, one of the things I noticed is that um, foreign authors have relatively fewer bestsellers compared to Korean authors, but then Korean bestsellers only last for um, a limited period of time, whereas the um, foreign bestsellers become steady sellers, what mm. we refer to as steady sellers, mm-hmm. and enjoy widespread readership for a longer period of time. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. So that's well, the difference there. Mm-hmm. Let's move on to Helen Cho's pick of the week. What hot new title do you have for us today? Well, I have um, a brand new title from um, Helen Oyeyemi, my namesake. Um, <laughs> oh, Helen's a nice. Is that why you <laughs> chose it? One of the reasons. Okay. <laughs> um, her new book is called What is Not Yours is Not Yours. And I was instantly drawn by the title because I feel like saying that to a lot of people these days. <laughs> what is not yours is not yours. Just hands off. <laughs> yes, my coffee is my coffee, not yes. yours. Yes. So Helen Oyemi visited Korea back in 2014 to participate in a literary forum with Korean writer Kim Yong-ha. And since then, her work has become increasingly popular with Korean readers. Mm-hmm. Can you remind us who she is? Um, yes, Helen Oyemi is one of the brightest stars in the UK literary scene. Um, she's doing really well. She's only so young. Um, she wrote her first novel, The Icarus Girl, while she was still at high school. Isn't that, isn't that incredible? That is incredible. Yes. Um, there you, there How does she find the time? <laughs> I think that was part of her schoolwork, actually. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And a number of her books are um, reworked fairy tales, but she makes them really gruesome. So there are like people getting their heads chopped off and there are wicked stepmothers, people who come back from and death or people who die, of course. Mm-hmm. And for example... I mean, they're gruesome enough as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then, you know, she puts uh-huh. twist. She pushes it yeah, forward. <laughs> and so one of the best examples I could give is her um, 2014 novel, Boy Snowbird, which presents a new take on a fairy tale. It focuses on the Brothers Grimm legend Snow White. Mm. I read a review for Boy Snowbird, and it's apparently a very insightful story that weaves race and identity into the abandonment narrative. Mm. I think it's, that's one of the reasons why she's so popular with mm. young readers. Right. And her third novel, White is for Witching, um, has been described as having roots in Henry James and Edgar Allan Poe, and it came out in May 2000. That's one of the, I think, biggest praises that you can get Mm -hmm. for your book, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, It was a 2009 Shirley Jackson Award finalist and it won um, the Somerset Mom Award the following year in 2010. Mm -hmm. And in 2013, she was included in the Granta Best of Young British Novelists. Mm -hmm. Very impressive career so far. Mm -hmm. What is her new title about? So this new book, What is Not Yours is Not Yours, is a collection of intertwined stories um, that is so cleverly built around the idea of keys, keys which are both literal and metaphorical. Mm-hmm. So there is the key to a house, the key to a heart, the key to a secret. And all these keys that appear in her book, um, you know, do more than just to unlock elements of her character's lives. They promise a further labyrinths, further mazes on the other side. Oh, how clever. I like the idea of the journey beginning when you open a door you may or may not have wanted to open with, with this key that you stumbled yes, upon. There's more on the other side. 
guide. Right, right, right. <laughs> Opening the door wasn't the end of the end of your task. No, that mm-hmm. doesn't solve anything. Mm-hmm. So the reader is invited into this fantastical world of lost libraries, locked gardens. There are marshlands where the drowned dead live, oh. and there's also a city where all the clocks have stopped. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, which is kind of the place that I like to go to when I'm nearing a deadline. <laughs> like, I wish all the clocks would stop in the city. Right. Um, so I'll give you some specific examples from the book. Um, mm-hmm. There's a short story called Books and Roses. And this story is about a one special key that opens a library, a garden, and clues to at least two lovers' fates. Mm. And in another story um, called Is Your Blood As Red As This? An unlikely key opens the heart of a student at a puppeteering school. Mm-hmm. I read a review that uh, Is Your Blood As Red As This? is an especially dark commentary on control with all the strings and everything. I think the title enough is ominous, actually. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. So what are some other stories in the collections? Can um, you tell us about them? And this one probably has the longest title in the collection. There's mm-hmm. a story called If a Book is Locked, There is Probably a Good Reason for That, Don't You Think? <laughs> and that's just the title, by the way. Uh-huh. And it's about a key that keeps a mystical diary locked, and all for good reason, too. Mm-hmm. So you have to read it to find out. Right. So all these tales, um, written by Helen Oyemi, spend multiple times in landscapes, and they really teased um, the boundaries that exist um, between realities, different realities, um, you know, you have to ask yourself, is a key a gate or is it a gift or is it an invitation? Mm-hmm. So, you know, the book really explores this question or the many possible answers to this question. Mm-hmm. And when you open the door and as it turns out it was not an invitation, then you have this whole can of worms that you have to <laughs> deal with, right? Yes. <laughs> so what are the critics' response to the collection? Um, L.com's described it as magical and show-stopping. And we also have a review from NPR and um, written by Michael Swall. And he says, um, it is, in a word, flawless. Oyeyemi seems to be incapable of writing anything that is not wholly original. Oyeyemi manages to make the story both realistic and fantastical. And the characters are rendered with grace and compassion. What is not yours is not yours. It's a lot of things, dreamy, spellbinding, and unlike just about anything you can imagine. Mm, it's high praise. It is indeed mm-hmm. and I have one last um, short um, review from newyorker.com and it mm-hmm. says that the book illustrates the necessity of and the power of such private written confessions. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's referring to the the story with the really long title that you mentioned earlier. If a book is locked there's probably a good reason for that don't you think? And of course you know it's a diary and when it's locked common sense yes. says you probably don't want to open that diary. That reminds mm-hmm. me actually of when I was young um, uh-huh. I had a little diary with like a tiny padlock attached to it. Right, that you can break with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and there was nothing much written inside. Uh-huh. I don't know, I was so obsessed mm-hmm. with keeping it locked all the yeah, time. But I think there's something delicious about having a secret when you're that age. Yes. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's about all we have time for today. Thank you so much Helen for coming in and we'll see you again next Sunday. Okay, I'll see you next Sunday. Bye. Bye-bye. Let's listen to 봄의 기적 or Miracle of Spring from Lee Ji-hyung. Please stay tuned for today's roundtable.